Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 156 of Lockdown Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are brought to you today by Built Bar, where if you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can save $10 on your first order of Built Bar products, and trust me, well worth your time to check them out, believe me. I am, of course, one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. As always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on this lovely Sunday evening? I'm doing really well. It is a beautiful day. It is very surreal to be living through history, as we all are at this moment. But it's a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day for a protest a rally in support of Black Lives Matter in, in this city. And it's just, you know, I, I can't say enough about it. Is is it? Yeah, it's there's been so many positive steps forward across not only the United States and Canada, but even in small towns that aren't getting as much news. We're seeing so many positive signs in, in about two weeks of protesting and marching and making voices heard. Actual change is starting to come forward now, which is the whole point of these protests. And it's good to see that th- that this change is finally coming and also that more and more players continue to speak out and say and discuss what we can do and what they can do to further advance the causes for people of color, not only in the U.S. and Canada, but across the world in so many different ways. And... With that, we do have actually some hockey news. I know we've spent much of the last week focusing on some non-hockey things, but those were far more important than anything else that we could have been discussing at the time. And I know that seems a bit weird to almost say out loud, but the NHL now is kind of shifting towards continuing to gear up for hockey dates, and we still don't have a set time for training camps or anything We originally heard they were saying the beginning of July, but then Eric Francis mentioned that it might not be till the beginning of August, and if we're already having things pushed back, that's not a good sign. The Pittsburgh Penguins had said they had a player who tested positive for COVID-19, and they are now, you know, free and clear of symptoms and everything, but if we have players who are testing positive before they even get into training camps, it kind of, you know, muddles this whole playoff picture a little bit. But the news surrounding the playoffs would be that they would reseed the playoffs after every single round. So what that would mean if the Canadians were to beat the Penguins in round one, they would be reseeded and would play the top team, which would be the Boston Bruins, in the first round of the actual playoffs. And it kind of casts into doubt for Canadians fans, do we actually want to win in round one if our reward is getting curb stomped by the Bruins in the next round? Well, I personally, as a Habs fan, I'm always of the attitude of bring it on. Uh, You know, I've been saying all along, it's like if we have to endure the Habs in the playoffs as opposed to getting a high pick, if we're forced to do it, you know, you might as well go all the way and have the most ridiculous scenario in which they upset everybody anyway. And honestly... When you are a team like the Montreal Canadiens, when you had no hope of actually getting into the playoffs, if it was if it were just any other regular season, when you've earned your way in through a buy, uh, like I, I guess it's a buy. I don't know. It, it's it's 
it's something. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a free pass. How about that? It's a free pass. Um, you know, I guess it, it, it's worth it to the league to sort of legitimize their decision by making this path as hard as possible for the quote unquote undeserving teams. And honestly, if the Canadians managed to beat Pittsburgh, I feel like I would be 10 times more confident that they would have a shot against the Bruins. And I'm saying this knowing full well and having said throughout the season that the Boston Bruins might be the top team in the NHL of this year. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say bring it on. Yeah, it's I. the fun part of it is like, guess what? What if they beat the Bruins in the playoffs? The the gloating would be amazing. Imagine being a Canadiens fan where the Bruins have run roughshod over everyone, including Montreal, for the past several years, and then anyways, you upset them in the first round of the playoffs in a year where they should have probably been Stanley Cup favorites again. It would be so cathartic. It would make it all worthwhile. But on the other hand, the part of me goes, no, stupid, get the, you know, get the higher draft pick because that's what the team actually needs. It goes back to that old debate about what is the actual best thing for this team. And then if it's reseeded after that, what if Tampa Bay wins through their round or something like that? And then, okay, you had to beat the Penguins with Crosby and Malkin. Then you had to beat the Bruins. And guess what? To get any further, then you got to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are just this juggernaut of a team. Like, it's a gauntlet on top of a gauntlet that's on fire on top of another gauntlet, and it sounds, it would probably be one of the more difficult paths to a Stanley Cup, where then you gotta play the best team from the Western Conference and try to win that too. It takes an absolute, it takes an absolute beating of a series already, and then you go into another one, and then another one. I, I'm here for the, you know, Montreal versus, you know, the world kind of thing. But at the same time, I wonder, maybe, maybe they should just, you know, try real hard, but lose in the first round of Pittsburgh anyways. I mean, I understand your position. And as 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 a person objectively looking at it, I would agree. But as a Canadians fan, I'm just like, the more the merrier. And then even though they you know, quote unquote, didn't legitimately earn their way into the playoffs, I would say it would be their most legitimate actual win if they go through the playoffs and beat all of these amazing teams. Yeah, it it would be incredible to watch the Canadians who likely do not deserve to be in the playoffs somehow pull off that many upsets in a row. I don't think anyone could ever take that away from them, but... I guess time will tell because we still don't know when the playoffs are actually starting yet. But as we find out news, we will let you know, of course. Um, it is now another one of our sponsored or branded content weeks here at Lockdown Canadians across the entire network. And we're talking about fan favorite moments. And we put out the question, that it's very simple. How did you become a Canadians fan? And we're going to actually delve into some of your answers coming up next. Before we move on to our next segment, I just want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Both Scott and I have been using them for the past month or so, whether it's for breakfast as a quick pick-me-up or as workout fuel. And I got to tell you, we really love these bars. They don't have that grainy, sort of that 
paste texture that protein bars tend to have. And they also don't have that weird flavor that I associate with most protein bars. This one truly tastes like a candy bar. There are tons of flavors. And if you go to the website, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. I myself just did that. Got myself a box of bars and then I added on one of the new flavors as an add-on, the peach cobbler flavor. I'm so excited for my box to arrive and I know you will be too. So go ahead, use our promo code, get $10 off your first order and have your life changed. These protein bars taste amazing and their macros are pretty impressive as well. They're really low calorie, really high protein, low sugar. I know you'll love them. Again, the promo code is locked on. Go to builtbar.com, order yourself a box, and enjoy. So we are back, and earlier today, Laura put out the question on the Locked On Canadians Twitter account at LO underscore Canadians. How did you become a Canadians fan? Because for a team and a fan base that is as varied as the Canadians one is, Everyone's story is a little bit different, whether it be their parents or a player or, you know, just hearing about them. Everyone's story is a little bit different. And Laura, did you want to read some of the responses that we got from our listeners? Of course. And so, uh, you know, as part of this, uh, like branded content, it's not just fan favorite moments. We've already done a few on our own, on our own podcast so as part of the branded content we're opening it up to your favorite anythings really that have to do with the Habs like your all-time favorite players you know your all-time favorite jerseys whatever's your favorite and we're also hoping to talk to some fans as well so over the next couple of weeks you'll see how that shakes out um it's very telling that the first response comes from Dale uh and the que- the answer to the question how did you become a Canadians fan? The answer is bad luck. <laughs> I mean, that's harsh. I mean, it's bad luck <laughs> nowadays, but like beforehand, like being a Canadians fan is like hitting the jackpot. So the only teams who won anything, I mean, sure you have to be, have been, you know, a fan in the seventies, but it used to be a good thing. <laughs> so I've got one where it's like, it's very telling of the times and I, that's why I really like this answer. Uh, and it's from Tyler. The answer is, I watched a YouTuber and he was a Habs fan. He did an NHL franchise mode with them. I then started watching clips of PK Subban and Price and the rest is history. I bought a Subban jersey a week before he was traded. Ouch. I mean, I wore a Lars Eller jersey to the draft where he got traded, but ouch, that is. <laughs> Oh man, that is, that's rough, buddy. Ouch. I, I won't lie. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are in that exact same position. It was, you know, it was down to the wire before his no trade was about to kick in and he got traded. You know, people were so sure and it was so close and, and it was, it was kind of a shocker. No, it wasn't kind of a shocker. It was a major shocker at the time. Uh, but you know, the way things have, have shaken out, it's kind of, We're kind of used to it now. At the time, though, it would have been rough. So I've got an answer from Rebel Fraggle. 
My dad was a Habs fan. One of my oldest memories is from when I was three years old. I climbed up on the couch beside my dad and watched the Habs play the Oilers with him, which is so sweet. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, depending on when that time was, there could have been one hell of a game, too. Nowadays, a Canadians versus Oilers game is Canadians fans going, I hope McDavid doesn't do anything. I hope McDavid doesn't, and covering their eyes, but like... <laughs> So I, you hear so many stories about people who are like, yeah, my parents were growing up at Hockey Night in Canada with Bob Cole was, you know, Saturday night, and they have all these vivid memories. And, like, for me, it's not quite the same because, like, my household outside of my brother and myself wasn't super big on sporting events. Like, I remember coming home to afternoon baseball, but that's about it. I mean, and also, you know, the voice I grew up with was not Bob Cole or any of the old famous broadcasters on TSN or CBC or whatever. I grew up with Rick Jenneret because I live in Western New York. So anyone who's ever heard Rick Jenneret, you know, obviously he was the voice of Western New York for the longest time. I'm not even a Sabres fan, but all those things stick in my mind. And it's like, it feels like it'd be another level of special to be able to share that with your parents, you know, someone that you're extremely close to, to have those memories forever. Agreed. Rick Generate is the Mayday Mayday call, right? Yes, yes, he is. Or fa la 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 Fontaine, or just yelling incoherently when goalies are fighting, because apparently that was the Sabres thing in the 90s, was goalies just fought the Flyers or the Senators, <laughs> or the Flyers and the Senators, because everyone, when they play the Flyers, has a line brawl with them at some point or another. Like, I we should make a list. Teams who have had a bench-clearing brawl with the Flyers, or at least a line brawl, and I'm pretty sure we could get most of the 31 teams in the NHL at some point or another. Yeah, for sure. We should We should ask our Flyers friends about this. So we've got a very common, simple answer from Todd watching Guy Lafleur, which it's a no-brainer, speaks for itself. Uh, Chuck Sahoy, one of our regulars, started as a Leafs fan super young, then Hawks fan, then finally took my dad's cues and became a Habs fan just in time for the 1993 run. Well, that's really good timing. That's also quite the thing because the Blackhawks were very bad for a long, long time when they were owned by or mostly owned by the Wurtz family who didn't put any money into the team like so does that mean he saw, like, the good days of, like, Denny Savard and then uh Chris Chelios getting traded there for Denny Savard and all that? Like, what's the timeline here if it's leading up to 1993 when the Canadians were, you know, on top of the hockey world winning the Stanley Cup? I mean, I'll have to ask Chuck to elaborate a little bit more on how he went from the Leafs to the Hawks to the Canadians because that's like a that's an original six tour kind of around uh, one of the Great Lakes there a little bit. <laughs> Just don't ever like the Bruins and we'll, we'll stay friends. I don't think Chuck could ever do that. I think he'd actually be mad at us for ever suggesting that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we move on to some more, to some more answers, I wanted to shout out Veronica and Beth from the Happy Hour podcast. They had some really kind words to say about our podcast last week. Um, and they've been around a bit longer than we have. So you're probably already familiar with them, but I wanted to say thank you to them for directing people to us. Uh, I know you guys work really hard on your podcast and we work hard on ours. It's a little bit different. Like the happy hour, they try to focus on positives and, uh, you know, reasons to be optimistic. They've had some really great guests as well. 
So, you know, they're definitely part of your rotation already. And I just wanted to say thank you to them. Uh, we are, we've been, you know, we're, we're I, I'm going to say we're about a year or two younger than they are. And, uh, it's, it's not, it's not really the same. Like we do daily short ones and they do like a nice long weekly one. And I don't know, it's it, it, like this, this podcast solidarity in Habs land makes me feel really good. And so thanks again to Veronica and Beth from the Habby Hour. Yes. Thank you so much. And your words did mean a lot. It is, it hasn't been hard to run a regular, almost daily podcast without hockey content, but it's good to know that it's resonating with so many of our listeners. We've gotten a lot of kind messages over the past couple of weeks, and that does help so much in keeping us going every single day when we go to record or every other day when we go to record. Um, before we do have more of your how you became a fan of the Canadians moments, and I know Laura and I have shared ours, but maybe we'll touch on them again coming up in our final segment. Uh, so we've touched on bad luck. Somehow picking half the original six teams, games with, you know, family members and games with the stars of their generation like Guy Lafleur. Laura, how else have some of our listeners become fans of the Montreal Canadiens? So Jeff the Red, another one of our regulars who we appreciate so much, his answer is, the two closest teams geographically to me growing up were Montreal and Toronto. The Leafs were historically bad and a laughing stock. The Canadians were competitive and fun to watch. Easy decision. They won a cup within a couple of years of me becoming a fan. So thank you for being a good luck charm, Jeff. Yeah, seriously. Like, can if you go root for another team for a year and then come back, are they going to start winning again? Because, like, if that's how it works, would you would you make the sacrifice for the Canadians to do that? That, yeah. I'm thinking he probably would, depending on what the other team was. Because if it, if it was like you'd have to sell your soul to the devil, which means you'd have to cheer for Boston, Toronto, or Ottawa, I feel like that's asking a lot of a dedicated Habs fan. Yeah, I was, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the, what the, war, the least bad out of those teams are. <laughs> And I think it's Ottawa, but at the same time, just saying that makes my skin crawl. So, like, I, maybe we'd send him, like, some extra strength, like, soap to scrub with after he picks his team or something like that. I don't I don't know what the, <laughs> the least of those three evils. It's not the Bruins. The Bruins are definitely the worst, but it's like, is Toronto the next least bad out of all of these awful teams? I, I mean... Maybe our listeners can decide. Maybe we'll ask them to rank our three main rivals between the Bruins, Senators, and Leafs and see which one of them is the most, the most to least bad, but still awful. Well, (laughs) I, I do. I am curious as to what our listeners think. I really do. But here's my thing is like, for sure, for sure, the Bruins are, are the top and they're the worst. Unless you're a Canadian fan living in Southern Ontario, because I feel like to, to them, like the Leafs were, are probably worse. But, you know, from my perspective, the Bruins are the ultimate evil no matter what. And then the Leafs are, like, worse to like, but the Sens are, like, more embarrassing to be a fan of in this day and age. So, like, it's it's kind of like a toss-up because I feel like the Senators are are boring, like, they're less offensive than, than, than Toronto is for the most part. 
but you'd have to tell people you're an Ottawa Senators fan, and I don't think I would wish that on not Jeff or my worst enemy, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're a Leafs fan. It's like, oh, well, they're good and you're annoying. But okay, it's like I'm a Senators fan. Then someone goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, if we're talking about the Senators this week in that out of a week where there were so many, the NHL continues to kind of step on its own feet, the Senators charged rent to a charity foundation in case you're wondering what kind of team they currently have. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know who's more awful between the Leafs and Senators. They're both awful for very different reasons, but only one of them is like utterly, truly embarrassing on another level on a regular basis. I'm interested to see what our listeners kind of rank as the awfulness for this. Maybe we should touch on that next episode. We'll put that question out there too. Rank the rivalries or awfulness of other teams, I guess. Yeah, like we can, we can ask two questions. One, which team do you hate more? And two, um, which one would be the ultimate sacrifice if you were to do it for a, for a Habs cup? So we've got a couple more answers. All right. (laughs) Um, this display name is after our hearts. The display name is Dano for Selkie. Yes. So already, you know, hi. Uh, (laughs) Then this is how young this person is. A teacher of mine in sixth grade did a playoff bracket activity for the 2014 playoffs, and I really wanted to win. So I started watching hockey, and since Montreal were the team I had watched in sports before I watched them, they went on a crazy run that year, and I became a Habs fan. Curse Chris Kreider once again. I have to, I'd, I'd spit on the floor, but I just vacuumed and that's <laughs> disgusting because it's all I have to do when someone mentions that man's name. Oh man. Stupid Chris Kreider and his stupid skates and his stupid speed and his stupid face and his stupid Stanley Cup final ruining skates. I hate that man. <laughs> Wait. I hate that man so much. I, I might be misinterpreting, so I don't know if it was like the teacher was previously the sixth grade teacher and then did a playoff bracket activity or if it was like during sixth grade, because I'm trying to now figure out how old is this person is and they, they would be like graduating high school right about now, I think. Oh, that's that's always good for making me feel a lot younger. When I got up this morning <laughs> and my knees cracked loud enough that I was concerned, so like... So, yes, oh, user man. Caulfield Habs, tell us which one, like, which way we interpreted it was the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Luke, who says, watching Patrick Roy, uh, which in itself, honestly, you know, a lot of times you'll find that it's it's a single player that makes you a Habs fan. It's definitely true for, for me and Scott, or at least me, <laughs> for the Saku thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think... Another thing, you know, like the bad luck question, the Canadians have had so many phenomenal players that are elite talents and that have this like magical captive uh, way of playing that I think that, you know, we've been lucky overall. And so, you know, there, there are tons of players that would make you instant fans, I find. And Patrick Roy at the time was one of them. I have a fun story in that Patrick Roy was one of the people that I originally loved watching hockey. However... Because I was young and didn't really know hockey history and the internet was still not what it once was, I only thought Patrick Waugh ever played for the Colorado Avalanche until I got to do a little bit of research. So my introduction to, like, all-time great players was Patrick Waugh as a Colorado Avalanche goalie. 
Wayne Gretzky as a New York Ranger only and all these other things. So when I found out that it's like, wow, he played for another team and he got traded for that reason. Wow, that's really dumb and stupid. And then being a Red Sox fan and knowing the history of Babe Ruth, I didn't think anything of it until I kind of embedded myself in the Canadians fandom and realized, oh, that's the trade that ruined the franchise for a decade or more. Okay, that's not (laughs) great. Nope. We've got one more response from Captain Kirk. When I first saw them, I just loved the speed and quickness of the team. I loved how they just moved up and down the ice at will. They also had great nicknames, beginning with the team, Habs, and then Roadrunner, Pocket Rocket, Big Bird, Flower, Knuckles, Bunny. I mean, come on. Hockey nicknames used to be so much better than they are now. Now it's like Philzy, Galley, <laughs> Webs. It's like there used to be a man called the Grim Reaper who played hockey. And that's amazing. The Dominator. It, there were so many good names and now it's just kind of like, what if we had like ZY or ZY in Canada to the end of a name? And everyone just kind of went, yeah, that seems like a good idea. And it's like, no one, Knuckles is great. Big Bird's a great name because it also now I envision, you know, Big Bird from Sesame Street, you know, just kind of cruising the blue line and just leveling somebody like Larry Robinson. And somebody who has better Photoshop skills than me can probably make this happen because, and you would be my favorite person in the world. But it, that they obviously grew up at a time when the Canadians were at the top of the world and there are so many good players. And the fact that you can go and just name them by nickname only and still leave out all these other players who were incredible at the time too, it's, it's, it's hard to not imagine how many people growing up in Canada might not have been a fan or, how you couldn't have been a fan of this team when they were fast, exciting. They had all these different players. They had characters on their team across the board. Like that is what makes a team fun and memorable. I agree. And honestly, um, like there's lore that goes along with that kind of stuff too. When they have good nicknames, for example, like there's always a story behind it. And for whatever reason, now the players don't have stories. Like, in the last few years, they've become this one-note, unified, extremely bland set of characters. And that that actually makes a really good point as well when it comes to what we've been talking about in terms of racism against people of color in hockey and specifically black, black people as well, is that, you know, it's very it's made very clear to them that they don't fit in. They aren't welcomed. Um, and, and honestly, that is also uh, a reason that is being thrown around as to why players have not, uh, spoken out before and because it would be seen as sort of displaying some sort of personality kind of thing. And the thing that I wanted to note is that Sidney Crosby, after about two to three weeks of pressure, because the pressure on him started with, uh, Akeem Alou's Players Tribune article. So it was before, uh, you know, people started taking to the streets in protest of the murder of George Floyd. And, you know, and now that he has said something, he's getting criticism for it as well. And I saw a couple of people express anger that it's like he's damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. And the criticism on Sidney Crosby in particular, and I would say for any prominent players, players like Sidney Crosby where they're 
Like the league can't live without them. They're the faces of the league. They are um like they can do no wrong almost. Like these are the types of people. The 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 criticism is not that there was not a statement. The criticism is that at the time that this was going on or all of these times that this has come up, they haven't once come out and said that's wrong. I don't condone it as the face of the league. And so I think in the future, the conversations that we're having are hopefully going to allow and encourage players to be who they are without having to fear backlash about it. Yeah, and it's good that we're seeing more players like McDavid had a really nice statement. Patrick Kane had things. And P.K. Subban went through on his Instagram and highlighted as many as he could find through that and tag the players. And it's things like that that are important. These This thing goes beyond teams and anything else in that this is about everyone needs to be showing solidarity and heading in the right direction. And we're seeing that more and more with this, that team, the league is capable of this. And I'm hoping that it's going to apply for more things in the future as, you know, society continues to evolve and needs to erase old standards for what things were held where the bare minimum was just okay and that it's not anymore and that hopefully we see more and more of this going forward. And I'm glad that, you know, so many of these star players are now saying something. It's like you said, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't, but I would rather that they do something because silence isn't acceptable anymore for anything. And I think that's understood by a lot of these players that a good chunk of them stepped up and the ones who the league needed to say something, you know, their star players, the ones that people recognize, you know, when they see their name in the headlines saying something is a very good thing. And obviously change is happening. It's happening slowly, but it is happening. And this is all part of that. Um, that is, however, going to wrap up this episode of Lockdown Canadians. If you want to send us how you became a fan of the Canadians or how you became a fan of whatever team that you were cheering for, or just any of your fan favorite moments from any kind of hockey game, please send them to us at LO underscore Canadians. You can find this podcast wherever you get your shows daily, whether it be uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow me at Scott Matla on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Now ask your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL.